Welcome to podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. Welcome to Podcast 287. So this thing happens more often than I would like, where we release an episode, we record it on Monday, we release it on Tuesday, and then on Tuesday, or yeah, usually on Tuesday between when we record and when we release, there's a lot of news that comes out and things to talk about, um, and that happened like, this past week. So um, here we are, <laughs> kind of covering some of the things to happen last week that we did not get in last week's episode. Uh, we have a pretty good turnaround. I'm so proud of it. We do have a good turnaround. You know, we, we still have this happen <laughs> where we get a lot of big stuff to talk about after our last episode. So we're going to cover that tonight. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's fine. We'll get to there in a little bit. But the first thing that we'll be getting to is actually something that came out today, a quote uh, from an interview with John Boyega. And then we'll also be getting to The Mandalorian, of course. And then later on, these additional things that I was just talking about, more spoilery with episode nine. First things first. Uh, my name is Tim, and I'm doing great. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Um, uh, yeah. Nothing. Uh, uh, nothing new to report. I don't know cool. if fine is good enough. Fine's fine. That's the thing. Fine is okay. fine. What What are we making for dinner tonight? I know everybody wants to know. Uh, tonight's shrimp again. But my wife's oh, here. Okay. She's uh, she's peeling the shrimp this time. She does a better job at it than I do. Okay. So, just handling that. Right. I'm I'm looking at my my. My coursework for this week, I've got, uh, I don't know, is it 25, 25, it's 2,000 to 2,500 words. Mm. Is that a lot? That's like, what, four pages, six pages? Yeah, it seems pretty standard. I have to persuade a skeptical audience to agree with my position. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 It's uh, you know. English 1 or 103 or whatever it's called. It's the early one. One of the things that can be cool about that is you can pretty much say whatever you want and make whatever statement that you want but as long as you can back it up and have some sort of reference points to support what you're saying then it doesn't matter what you're saying you just got to support it well i'm i'm uh i chose the uh uh the topic of the electoral college oh okay yeah well you know pretty relevant it's pretty relevant and uh everybody wants to get away with it get away or do away with it i'm not one of those people so (laughs) All right. Well, even though even though my vote in California means absolutely nothing, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think everybody says that about everywhere that they live, and yet here we are, where they all do mean something in the end. I don't think Ohio says that. I don't think those people. Well, Ohio or Iowa that that gets the first ones. Well, I mean, the big swing ones also. Like yeah, but Ohio but, but, and Pennsylvania. But Ohio, who's the one that gets the primary first? Uh, that might be Iowa. Yeah, so their their vote means a lot. Yeah. In the primaries and the and and the the well, I don't know about the regular one, but their vote means a lot at least for the primaries. They get to kind of set the tone. But my vote, no. Nothing. You know, I was I was trying pretty hard there for a few seconds to come up with a segue back to a John Boyega <laughs> interview, and I got nothing. Well, about votes. Yeah. Well, apparently John Boyega didn't have a vote in what happened to his character. <laughs> there you go. That works. Um, so, yeah, in a recent interview with Hypebeast, uh, John Boyega just uh, had a, a quote or a statement uh, that made its way around the online Star Wars community. I'm just going gonna, gonna to read it. I'm going to quote what he said here. Um, he says, The Force Awakens, I think, was the beginning of something quite solid. The Last Jedi, if I'm being honest, I'd say was that or I'd say that was feeling a bit iffy for me. Uh, I didn't necessarily agree with a lot of the choices in that, and that's something that spoke to Mark a lot about. And I, I don't know if it's supposed to say I. It's something that I spoke to Mark a lot about. I don't know. And we had conversations about it, and it was hard for us because we were separated. Yeah, so not me, not me, Mark. Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, the Luke Skywalker Mark. So, um. I don't think that this quote is changing anybody's minds or anything, but it's adding additional information to some behind the scenes and the mindset of part of the cast and part of the people making the movie that we have been discussing. So I mean, well, yeah. I'm like, yeah, what were your, what was your takeaway from that? Well, you haven't really heard people, you know, I haven't really seen or read people fighting back at him or, or going back at him about it, but I always felt that you can kind of, you can kind of see that that 
he had some issues with it or that's how it felt, you know, and, and you can never really place your finger on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, for me, the whole, the whole issue is that, that he has a very strong arc in the first film. Yeah. You know, he starts by getting scared. He starts by running away. He starts, then he sees Ray, you know, and he finds something to try and fight for. And even then he's still scared and he still runs away. Well, it, it, it seems like his character is the one that sets the plot in motion. Well, yeah, it, it, especially in Force Awakens, you know, and, and, and then he comes he comes to realize that he needs to save her. He does everything he can, you know, uh, to get her back. He ends up, you know, at the end of the film with the lightsaber uh, facing Kylo one on one. That's a big deal. Yeah. You know, and, and then but he but he was comic relief a little bit, but he's also serious. And then you start off the last Jedi, and and what what happened? You know, he he start he starts it where he's laid up, he's dripping liquid, he's trying to run away. Uh, he gets shocked uh, as a deserter by Rose Tico. You know, they basically spend he spends the movie getting taught by yeah. her on on the universe, and it's like he just. I mean, granted, he has a he has a hero moment. Fighting Phasma, but he already had the same hero moment to me when he fought Kylo. It was just a rehash of his uh, uh, of his arc from the first movie, but instead of him taking an active, uh, you know, being an active participant in his own story, he's got you know Rose leading him around and teaching him and telling him why things are the way they are. And I think for him, it was just a waste of the character. Now, a lot of people disagree, obviously. A lot of people think Flash Jedi, you know, is the, is the bee's knees. And that's, they're right. But obviously, he doesn't. You know, and I've said this before. I, I still enjoy the movie. I don't, I'm not as down on it as other people are. It's not my favorite of the Star Wars movies, but uh, it's a good one. Uh, I mean, I, th- they, I think they're all good. But um, I did get that impression at the premiere when I was watching it, uh, you can tell it's pretty obvious that, that his character is treated a little bit differently than it had been previously to where he does seem like he's more of a side character than a main character in this one, which as you said, is a major difference from the force awakens to the last Jedi. Um, and it, they've been really emphasizing uh, JJ and, and the cast, how one of the things that was important to them in making the rise of Skywalker was having them be together and have them, the main cast together, working together on screen, sharing the scenes, you know, and it's at the foreground of the story. And just from, just from the little bits and pieces you see on TV spots and whatnot, I like the banter between the three of them already. I like the sort of camaraderie and I, and I wish that's why I always thought the better thing to do would have been to start the timeline of Last Jedi, you know, maybe start six months after, after uh, Force Awakens, you know, change things up a little bit. Then they've had time to have sort of personalities and gel together as a group. Right. Instead, you're not really seeing the three of them together until now. But you know, I, I, I'm I'm waiting for the day when he actually gets to speak a little bit more about it. You know, because he did say he won't come back. Yeah, and and so did uh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac said they won't come back. Um, uh, Boyega said he'd come back, but only if Oscar Isaac and Daisy Ridley came back. And he said something about you're not going to Disney Plus me, right? Right, right. He did, but he did say later on that yeah he'd do it if if they all did it. But at the same time, who knows? I mean, you know, circumstances could change. Um, but right yeah. now, it doesn't sound like it was the greatest experience for him. Well, but, I mean, we also have... I mean, you never really know. I'm sure that they feel that way right now with the wrapping up with the current trilogy. But we also had, for this, a Mark Hamill who said, I'm not coming back unless Harrison Ford's coming back, and good luck getting him to come back. And then we saw how that turned out, <laughs> you know? So you never really know. I mean, these types of things do happen. Situations change, especially as time goes on. So I wouldn't permanently count anybody out of anything at this point. But it is a little bit telling that that's what these, uh, what their mindset is right now. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's fair 
that again at this point in the series they're they're going to be okay being done for a little bit. Oh yeah, and that's fine. I mean, we need a break. Yeah, well, not only that, but again, just the immense pressure that they're under and that their career is under. Not just because they have to satisfy us as fans or anything like that, but it's a, it's an extreme amount of pressure to have to go through to make one of these movies. Uh, the, the spotlight and the secrecy and everything—it's just—it's a lot to keep up with. And they've been doing this for uh, about five years at this point, five or six years, I guess, since if you're going back to the early casting phases for the Force Awakens. So again, I'm sure they're looking forward to having a break for a little while. So we have that, and then uh, uh, Mandalorian was the other thing that we were going to really uh, discuss and cover before we get into some more... Um, the most divisive episode of The Mandalorian yet. You know... <laughs> Good thing you see I on don't, Twitter. Well, no, I, I see it. I, I see that going around. I just don't get why any episode has been divisive or anything. Like, they're, I don't know. I'm not noticing such a huge leap from one to the other where I'm like, man, this one's great, but that one, whoo, that one's really off. I'm not getting that vibe. Like there is a consistency between them to me. I don't, I just, I don't understand why there's such a big divide over, especially the most recent two episodes. I'm trying to think why myself. I don't know. I mean, I, I know why I don't, um, I know I don't prefer four. I don't hate it. I actually like it. There's just, Choices that I wish they made, but then I guess it's not my job. So this one was um, directed by Dave Filoni, and it was also written by Dave Filoni too, which is another difference from the previous episodes. And uh, just as a reminder for everybody, if you're trying to just be like, okay, yeah, which one was was this past one again? Because <laughs> it was episode five or chapter five, and it is where the Mandalorian goes back to Tatooine, and we see him in the cantina that we all all know. And uh, basically, the the young up and coming, you might say, or hotshot guy bounty hunter who has his first mission was to be part of the guild, and uh, Mando ends up helping him out for it. Tor- Toro Calican. Yeah, and I think I saw that the actor um, yes. is the grandson of Lena Horn. Is that right? Oh, I don't know about that. I know he's the son of uh, uh, Bobby. Uh, was it Carnavale? Carnavale. I, I want to look it up real quick because I thought I saw that, and I don't want to put He's, that out there. Uh, you know who, you know who uh, Bobby Cannavale is, right? Uh, I, yeah, I, I can't remember right now, but I do know the name. I think the most recent thing he's probably in was The Irishman. But he was he was basically the uh, um, uh, he was an Ant Man. He was the the cop who is now um, married to uh, Scotland's ex wife. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Bobby Cannavale's son and uh, great, a oh, great grandson of Lena Horn. Wow, that's a that's a family thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, one of the things that people complain about with, with this episode that I'm seeing was that nothing happened or it doesn't do anything to to move the story forward, and I tend to disagree on that. But what you can't say it doesn't do any world building, very specifically with. Tatooine and Moss Eisley, we learn a ton of stuff about the state of the galaxy. Right. You know, so far you walk in, the place is dead. The yeah. town is dead. You the know, place that said it, they wouldn't serve droids is now having droid service it. Right. And there's barely any customers. There's no music. He says, hey, you know, uh, where can I get some work? And they're like, the Bounty Guild doesn't operate here. Yeah. So, so basically, there's no reason for scum and villainy or anybody to come there anymore. There's nothing right. going on. You know, and then you find out when they're after uh, Fennec Shan, who, who ends up becoming the, um, like the, the person they're trying to find in the story, she doesn't have as much work anymore because the New Republic's been rounding up all the people she used to work for. She was mm-hmm. a hired assassin for the Huts, and she's a hired assassin you know, for, for big-time crime lords, and the New Republic's been rounding them up. So, the, so the world has changed, you know. We've had movie after movie where the Tuscan Raiders are portrayed as savages, and now you realize they're not. I mean, yeah, they, they did certainly something bad in in one of the movies, right? But it's not all of them, and you know they're pretty reasonable to work out. Hey, you want to go through my territory? Just to give me those boxers. 
I feel like you said, like the the world building aspect to it was great, showing just as you said the state of the galaxy um, at this point because it's the first time that we've really seen a familiar location at this point in the timeline to see the difference from the way it was to the way it is now. Um, it, it kind of makes sense just because if it's if it's this hive of scum and villainy, and then we have uh, theoretically the like the New Republic trying to establish. Uh, more of a I can't think of the right word um but to try to establish themselves across the galaxy you might have a little less room for something like that to thrive so that kind of makes sense um you see there's no love for the empire there obviously or at least the stormtroopers that's pretty obvious um I think the the thing that has people talking the most though of course with this episode was the end which has seen speculation of numerous things. Frankly, the most common thing that I've seen is people expecting it to be, uh, um, I can't remember his, the character's name. It's a, a Moth. But uh, Jean-Claude Esposito's character? M- moth yeah, something I don't, or I don't other? Know what, I don't know what Moth they're, they're, I don't know what his name is, but I, I know who you're referring to. Yeah, that's the most common speculation that I've seen, is that it's his character who shows up at the end there. Uh, we see the the feet and starting to kneel down. Um, Mark, I, I know you and I have had some discussions on this with, with some other people, and we have a potential different idea, right? And, and you know what? I, I'm going to let you, you discuss this real quick because I think this will make you happy. So <laughs> why don't you let us know who else it might be? It might be Boba Fett. And I think it is Boba Fett. I could be wrong, but... I mean, that makes the most sense. Why otherwise do you actually have... You could set this story anyplace else. Anywhere. But you put it on Tatooine, and it gives you a reason to assume it's Boba Fett just based on the sound of the spurs. You know, you you talked about pointing out where that actual, you know, electronic sound came from. Yeah, at the start of the scene, there's like that radio transmission kind of sound, um, which... uh... It took me a couple times to listen to it. I was finally able to place it as being the same sound in A New Hope, the special edition, after Han finishes talking to Jabba and Boba Fett walks into the frame. Um, it's that same sound. So we have that sound copying over, and then, like you said, we have the Spurs copying over. So if it's not Boba Fett, we know for sure that Dave Filoni wants us to think it is. And the thing about him, if you look through the past and way he does things with his Ahsoka lifts, question mark, and exclamation point t-shirt and all that, that, that change he did. If Dave Filoni does anything to interact with the fans, it's pretty much to tease them with what they want and then eventually giving it to them. So it wouldn't be groundbreaking for him to do something like this. But at, at worst case, or I guess not the worst, but at the very least, he is completely and purposely hinting that it's Boba Fett and wants us to think it is. Yeah, they're not, they're not like, you know, there, there's no way you could do that and go, oh, I don't know why the fans assume that. Right. You know, they flat out know what they're doing. And if, and if they're doing it to give us a swerve or, or pull the rug out from under us and say it's something else, well, then that's kind of crappy. Yeah. They don't do that in this show. I mean, in the, in, in the universe, you know, you don't really get to where they allude to Maul coming back and they're like, no, no, it's not Darth Maul. It's like Darth Red. It's somebody else. Right. You know, you, you get, this whole thing's about fan service and, and it's like, if he's giving you that, then that's what he's giving you. Now, a lot of people say it's the actual character who was introduced in the Aftermath books. Um, I forget his name. So Yeah, yeah. I think the initials are like C V or something like that. I can't like remember Vance, what the name is. Vanth or something. So yeah. So so basically in those books, it's sort of a side, you know, story. There's a suit of armor that is found by the Jawas uh as they're excavating the uh Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. Sarlacc's dead. Sarlacc died. From the explosion from the from the sail barge, so they find a suit of armor. They don't find a body. They find a suit of armor. It looks like it's been, you know, acid has worked its way through it, or it's been uh, messed up. But they find that what's supposed to be Boba Fett's clothes. 
Mm-hmm. And Wendig even says in his mind it's Boba Fett's clothes. But it's very specific that they don't say that. Right. And so I think at the end of the day, he's sort of, the guy becomes a lawman. I think he calls himself Boba Fett. I, I don't really know that. Somebody said you don't, you, you don't get that name. You don't get to use that name. But this is on Tatooine. You know, he's cleaning up, he's cleaning up the town or whatever. And I don't know. You, you know, I, I mean, as we've seen now, Tatooine is, or Mos Eisley is pretty quiet, it seems. This guy perhaps could have gone in there and, uh, you know, been the one helping keep it, keep it safe. But I don't see that being the situation. I don't see, if you, if you announce or, or show Boba Fett and it's somebody else's voice and somebody else's scenario, I don't know. It seems like in a 30-minute episode, it takes way too long to explain that. Well, but something else that you mentioned, too, is that this is set on Tatooine for a reason, and it is pretty slow right there. So if you have the potentially probably the biggest bounty in the galaxy, maybe even over the past couple of years, other than Baby Yoda, uh, don't you think if the, if the biggest bounty in the galaxy showed up on Tatooine, if Boba Fett is around, uh, he might take some interest in that. Right. You know, it's on his turf now. And not yeah, only that, I, but you have the, the whole Mandalorian <laughs> aspect to it, too, with the armor. So, Yeah, I don't think we're... I, obviously, you know, we're going to see who it is, and, I, and I'm assuming we're going to see who it is at some point in this season. There's only three episodes left. But I think it's a pretty big deal, you know? And, and remember way back, I was trying to find the tweets. I can't find it now. But you and I saw how they were marketing a new helmet. Oh, yeah, that's right. A little bit more beat and up it, than the previous one. Yeah, right? just a little bit different. Had a little bit different than, uh, than the last scene in Return of the Jedi. But they were marketing, like, you know, these Black Series helmets that they have coming around. I think I saw one for, who was it? I saw a Luke helmet. And I don't know if that's what it was, but it was supposed to come out and coincide with the Mandalorian. So, and, and Boba merchandise is still huge. Yeah. You know, and I think at this point, you know, we've talked about it before, but nothing he does will take away from the Mandalorian. Right. So. I think you could add for a really great transition between series or seasons, too. If you end this one with some sort of cliffhanger about the interaction between uh, Boba Fett and the Mandalorian... That's a really great pull to get. I mean, I, I think they're already set for season two, but that's a really great pull to get people hanging out for the next season. Well, yeah, but also, and also, who's who's the biggest target now? What do you mean? Well, you said Fennec Shan was a pretty big target. Oh, yeah, but Boba no, Fett. I mean, Mandalorian himself is. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, we don't know if that's how it, if that's how it ends. Right. Because no matter what, the guild's still after him. Right. You know, so who knows? And maybe the season ends with uh, like who is it? I think LA Kings Drew suggested the season ends with uh, with Boba Fett and Carbonite and Yoda. I mean, with the uh, Mandalorian and Carbonite and Boba Fett having Baby Yoda. Yeah, it's possible. It'd be a hell of a cliffhanger. That would be. So, we shall see. So I, I think that um. That pretty much hits on the highlights for Chapter 5 of The Mandalorian. I know, same as every week, I am looking forward to Friday. I want to see what's coming next for Chapter 6. And then we have uh, Chapter 7 coming on Wednesday the 18th before The Rise of Skywalker. And it will have a... Was it listed as a special preview or a sneak peek or something like that? Uh, of yeah, the movie? preview. Yeah, that'll, that'll be tied to that as well. So that'll be pretty cool here, here coming up. And that's, oh, hey, you know, technically we can now say that that is next week. Because here we are. It's Monday, December 9th. So the Rise of Skywalker premieres for us um, uh, in 10 days. So it'll be out. And uh, the, the world premiere is like, what, the, the 16th or 17th of next week, I think. Is it? And where's it at, the premiere? Uh, you know, I'm going to find out. I mean... 
The Rise of Skywalker world premiere uh, is going to be in Los Angeles on December 16th. So that is a week from today. That's almost here. Wait. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can believe this or not. So if you if you Google the Rise of Skywalker world premiere, it says it's the Rise of Skywalker is scheduled to have its world premiere in Los Angeles on December 16th, 2019. It will be released theatrically on December 20th in the United States. It is part of the film series Star Wars. The country is American and directed by Ryan Johnson is oh, what no. it says. <laughs> um, I don't know. So <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Yeah, like you know, psych everybody. Like they, they don't even say that. Nobody knows until the end credits roll, like directed by Ryan Johnson, and then it says Ryan Johnson, psych. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't... Uh, Broom Boys, the Emperor. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up with that, but uh, it is going to be in LA on the 16th. So a week from today, uh, I have to find out what time because uh, it usually goes pretty late. Um, it might overlap. Maybe you and I can uh, have like had the red carpet on while we record next week or something like that. Then. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a Broom Boy Disney Plus series. They're, they seem to be giving those series out to just about anybody these days. <laughs> uh, well, I did, did couldn't. You, did you see who they're? Did you see who they wanted to do for uh, a new series? I don't. I might have. Which one are you talking about? The Aladdin. Oh yeah, I heard. I I. I don't remember who it was, but I did hear there was a, a reach of a new Aladdin one. It was going to be one of the suitors for Princess Jasmine in Aladdin was going to have his own series. And it was like, what? <laughs> I mean, I remember the character and I remember having him, him having like a funny kind of German accent. But that's about it. How do you have a series on this guy? Well, here's the thing. I don't know how you do that, but if if they're gonna do it, I feel like it's gonna be good. Well, then do Broom Boy. Hey, maybe they will. Maybe you can do it, on, and maybe you can do it dirt cheap. And and you know what? Here here's one of the other complaints I see a lot um, is that you know everybody's like, I want more Cara Dune, or I want more this or that. You know, everybody needs to remember that it's The Mandalorian. That's the name of the show. It's his show. Yeah. He's always going to be front and center. Now, I am not opposed to a show about the rebel shock troopers that Cara Dune's a part of. Right. You know, with her as the lead, and they mop up, you know, the remnants of the Empire and the galaxy, you know, a year after the fall of Endor, I mean, the fall of, uh, you know, the destruction of Death Star 2. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. You know, and I wouldn't expect the Mandalorian to be in that show. And I wouldn't expect, you know, anybody else to be the star of that. But again, this is his show. So if you want her to be in something else, you know, do a letter writing campaign. Do a, uh, you know, release the Kara cut into the standard cut or something. <laughs> I don't know. You know, but it's really crazy how we are five episodes into this series. And it still feels like it's kicking into gear. And, and I mean, this in a good way. But, like, I don't know, I still feel like we're settling in, not like we're almost done. Well, and then also, you know, the other thing I was thinking about today is that imagine if they dropped this all at once. The conversation would be over. Yeah. You know, you'd have the people who rushed through it that night. Everything would be spoiled within four days. And that's it. You know, I think this needs to be, I honestly think this needs to be the way of the future. I mean, you've got, you've got, you know, big stuff coming. Imagine, what is it? Uh, Amazon's doing Lord of the Rings series. Right. You, you can't drop that all at once. You, you really shouldn't. I mean, well, if you do, of... it'll, it'll be just like watching another one of the movies. <laughs> well, it'll be longer than that. I mean, the special editions go on for a while. Yeah, but I think this is going to be at least 10, you know, 10 episodes. I, I don't know yeah. how they normally release their stuff, but I just think it's a bad idea. Yeah, no, I well, I mean, this certainly has a much better sense of community around it. It does. It really does. I think maybe maybe with the franchise ones, this is what they should do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the logic is. You know, but right now it seems like Hulu releases its stuff weekly. Um, Disney Plus releases its stuff weekly, and Amazon drops everything, and so does Netflix. Yeah. 
but whatever. Spoiler time. <laughs> we do have some things to be getting to with uh, the Rise of Skywalker. I think um, what I will go through first is the translations that just came out uh, today. I say translations. Actually, that's only one. Uh, the the rating system in Britain and Sweden both were were released, and they have some interesting things included in their descriptions for why it got the rating that it got. So to start um, with the, uh, the the British rating system, I don't remember what it's called, it's like the Board of British Film Commission or something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure anybody, uh, our, our number two nation listening to us right now is Britain, so I do apologize for not knowing what this is. Um, but it does say under the violence tab, it says that there are fights with fantastical weapons, including impalements and brief sight of blood and injury. A character's face is melted by fantastical ener- energy. So before we move on, I kind of want to talk about that real quick because I'm sure everybody felt the same way. As soon as I read that, instantly in, in my head, you go to Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Yes. So so what? <laughs> Faces are melting, what? Uh, I think uh, the, the common belief is that this is somehow associated with the Emperor, possibly his own face. Um yeah, I think it just continues. I think I think it probably just continues down. But what is the? What did they say? Like, how is he? How does he die? In, in what we've learned, it seems like his own because his his force lightning is extremely potent and more powerful than it was before. Um, or to where he he can like bring down ships in the sky with using it kind of thing. So it seems like Ray is able to deflect his back at him, but because of how much more powerful it is, instead of just you know scarring him, it like very quickly overloads and 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 kills him. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the same type of scenario of you know Mace Windu, you know, turning the energy upon him or whatever, and and maybe this just continues what happened already. Now his whole face melts off. That'd be crazy, but in, in in a cool and good way, I think. Oh, it'd be awesome. Yeah. It, it would be fantastic. And then the next part goes over threat and horror, and it says a young woman finds herself alone. I wonder who that is. Finds herself alone amidst an arena of sinister enemies taunted by their leader. A character briefly becomes fanged and demonic. I mean, again, we're in the same situation where I'm like, this sounds pretty great to me. As far as going for something different and having a new element incorporated into the story that seems to make sense. Because obviously, again, the assumption is that this is related to the Emperor and whether it's the Knights of Ren regarding their arena of sinister enemies or um, I think it was in the leaks that the Emperor has like like a, a room of loyalists or something like that, right? So it could be something like that and it I don't know, man. I think that works. It, it's it's creepy and cool in a, in a new way to Star Wars. Yeah, but who becomes fanged and demonic, though? I, I don't know. It could be somebody random who walks in front of her. It could be the Emperor. It could be um, a vision Ray has of like, Ben maybe coming at her, and then he turns fanged. I mean, who knows? That, that level was not incorporated in the leaks. <laughs> it didn't say that. So that, that's what the, the, the British uh, rating had to offer. Now we go to the Swedish rating. Um, now this was posted in, uh, uh, written in Swedish, which I am not fluent in. So I was able to use, the Google Translate app is fantastic. And the reason I say that is because uh, I, I have the web, website up that has the, the rating on it. And if you hold the camera up to the screen, it will translate like your your phone screen will show the screen that you're holding it up to but your camera's seeing and it will translate the words on your phone to english to read like it's it's like some augmented reality next generation crap that's awesome so anyway doing that you're able to find out what it says and i have that right here the translation uh and it says skipping the boring part it says the production contains elements of frightening and intimidating atmosphere Battles with shootings and people pierced by laser swords, intense space battles, powerful explosions and crashing spaceships, as well as a terrifying man who pulls out life force. This can lead to strong fears and concerns. The runtime is 2 hours, 21 minutes, and 41 seconds. 
So again, the main takeaway here is it's just more, more leak confirmation about a terrifying man, the Emperor, who pulls out life force. We've known this for some time, uh, going back to the first round of leaks about the, the force dyad, which was that element was kind of cut where it's not called that anymore. But this concept of that the Emperor using Ray and, and Ben to pull life out of them to rejuvenate himself. So that plot line seems to be confirmed by this as well. I don't think many people were surprised to know that these things are getting confirmed, but that's what we have. You saw that Disney warned people about seizures? Yeah. Yeah, like the, the quick lights and stuff for people who are prone to having seizures. Yeah. I have issues with that sometimes, so we'll see what happens. I'm assuming it's like in, in his uh, new throne room on Exegol with the, the lightning flashing in the darkness and then lightning from his hands as well as from the atmosphere. I feel like it did, comes from that. Did you see Incredibles 2? Yes. You know that one villain or whatever that everyone... Oh, yeah. Man, that, that was like, okay. My wife leans over and she goes, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm yeah, that was... I mean, that was pretty intense. I don't really have issues with that. That was pretty intense for me. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like I said, there's just some, some quick updates that we have as far as uh, kind of confirming some things that we, we've been hearing through the leaks up until now. Uh, so we can close that. Now we have something worth discussing, which comes from the director of photography for The Rise of Skywalker, Dan Mindel. And he posted a picture on Instagram that's kind of interesting because, uh, I mean, it's really obvious. that There's really no hiding it. He's standing on the set of a reconstructed Lars Homestead on, on, on Dantooine. Um you can clearly see like the, the little um, hole in the ground that where they dig out for like, it, the picture is just cut off so you can't see the actual homestead itself, but like it leads right up to it to where Luke walks up to that little ridge to watch the binary sunset. Right, that whole part with the homestead to the left, that's what we see, and it's clear as day. You got the moisture evaporators there. You got the little cargo crate things again. This big hole in the ground with the little ridge leading up to it on the sides, it's very, very clearly and obviously the Lars Homestead. So, once again, if you're following the leaks and if you you know trust these sources as you should, then this was no surprise to anybody. But what is interesting is that he posted this on Instagram, and I guess he didn't realize anybody would you know make that connection, but we did. And uh, when somebody pointed it out to him, saying, hey, is that a tattooing? Because it looks like it. Um, he did not respond, and he deleted the picture. So... That's how that stands. Uh, and I don't think there's a whole lot of conversation to have about it because, again, it's pretty straightforward. It's tattooing, and that's that. Um, but did you have any thoughts about that, that picture going up? Or do you think he's in trouble now or something? Or or do they just kind of brush it off as, oh, it's out there, you deleted it, and, you know, movie's I, coming out in a week? I think they brush it off as, uh, he deleted it, let's not comment about it, we'll, let's move on. Okay, I mean, to be fair, I think the only people who really know about this already knew that it was going to be in the movie. I don't think it's really spoiled too much for anybody else. So I, I don't think there was too much damage done. Yeah. If, if you're on, I'm not seeing it pop up anywhere. If you're on um, Reddit leaks or whatever, you saw right. it, but you've already read everything else also. So it's right. nothing new. Yeah. If anything, it's just more confirmation. Right. You know, and then you, you hope, okay, well, who was there with you? Then? What actors were there? You know, that, that's what you hope for. But right. you're not getting that. It's only a week. What is it? Is it? Is it literally like a week and a half away? Yeah. Yeah. We're, right now, it is Monday the 9th. In 10 days, on Thursday the 19th, a week and a half from right now, is when we will be watching the movie. Nice. In fact, actually, I'll be between... Wait, hold on. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll be between uh, viewings. Right. Now. I have two Thursday night. Um, and right now I will have finished the first one and I'll be anxiously awaiting the second. Let me see right now. My movie will be starting in, uh, technically one minute. Which means you'll have, um, about three hours of previews starting in one minute. Yeah, possibly. It's for big shows. It's a, it's a good 30 minutes. Yeah, it's crazy. Like for, for, for a long time, um, the theater I went to to see movies limited it to three previews and that was it. 
doesn't matter what it was, just three previews and then you're done. Movie starts. Um, that has changed since then, where you can start to get like maybe five or six, or whatever. But they do cap it at that. So like even the big movies only have five or six previews and then you're done. So I do appreciate that. Um, because I, I did go to I think it was an AMC theater and, and yeah, it was like you said, it's like half an hour or so before the yeah. movie actually started. I'm like that's insane. You can't plan a schedule around that. Although the last two times I went to AMC, it was probably maybe like it was really a good 25 minutes, like for for most of summer. And then now I went to two different movies, and it's about 12, 15 minutes, maybe. I know it's kind of specific, but it, it seems like, I guess, because there's not a lot of movies coming out right yeah. now, that then they cut it down. But I imagine, like, you know, early in the year, it's going to start picking up again. Because what is there really to watch? There's what trailer is there? Um, right? I mean, there's Black Widow. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm trying to. And I'm trying to think of things that are like sent, you know, that are. Oh, no time to die. That's a that's a new big one. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's for Disney, so that's fine. I mean, it's not for Disney, but I mean, it, it's an action movie. But other than that, I mean, really, what is there? There's not a ton. There, there is the new Ghost. I, I haven't watched it yet, but there is a new Ghostbusters oh, trailer. It is good. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that too, but it, but again, none of these movies are. On Disney. What what's Disney got? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't really know. Because like, like, usually I'm trying to think what movie's going to have a Star Wars trailer attached to it, not the other way around. But... What they should do real quick is, you know how Pixar movies and, and Disney movies have like, you know, shorts at the beginning of it? Yeah. The Rise of Skywalker should have a Baby Yoda short. <laughs> that would make everybody happy. It would. It'd be great. <laughs> Which I just saw the Mattel plush toy thing now is is like available to buy uh, for Baby Yoda. I'm like the marketing starts yep. just in time for Christmas. What do you know? Yeah, but you won't get it till next year. So uh, let's see. So I think. Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say I you think go. we're going to cover just the things that came out last week after our last episode, just kind of update on some things regarding episode nine. So first off last week, one of the things that we discussed was Jason's report about uh, the beginning of the rise of Skywalker. When Kylo is making his way uh, to the emperor on Exegol, he passes through this area, this room that seems to be like the cloning room where we find out that Snoke was a clone. Um, when he passes through there and has that conversation uh, with the uh, Palpatine afterward, apparently there's some some discussion about Snoke as a part of that. Uh, so I'm just going to read from MakingStarWars.net here. Um, it says, When Kylo Ren meets Darth Sidious on Exegol, he doubts the old frail man's power and that he's actually Darth Sidious at all. So Sidious laughs in the face of the Darth Vader wannabe, and Kylo is conflicted and annoyed with how Sidi- or with Sidious but he's shaken by having seen that Snoke is a clone and decides to hear the old man out. At one point during the conversation on Exegol, Kylo mentions Supreme Leader Snoke outright. The smile on Darth Sidious's face falls, and he makes a rather bold proclamation, and he says, quote, I am Snoke. So I, immediately when I read that, I, I took that to mean he was trying to say, I, like for all intents and purposes, I am the power behind it. Just like when he said, I am the Senate, right? That, that big line from the prequels. Um, I don't think he literally meant he was in charge of every single person in the Senate. I think he just meant, I, I am the power of the Senate. Same thing, I'm the power of Snoke. Um, I, apparently, some people didn't take it that way. <laughs> Where some people were saying that he was like possessing Snoke the whole time. And physically, the Emperor was Snoke. And then when Snoke's body died, the clone, then he just went back to his current body again i didn't take it that way um but that was one of the things to come out was that quote from palpatine as he tells kylo at the beginning of the movie that quote i am snoke oh like 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 he basically said look at me i'm snoke dummy <laughs> i, I like it cut me in half but i'm uh, back i mean i like it because because that's uh 
right off the bat, the beginning of the movie, a quick one-line way just to summarize and make it clear to everybody, yep, he's still the bad guy of this entire series and entire franchise, this entire trilogy, even though you didn't know it. You know? It's just one line, beginning of the movie, and boom, you're caught up. Yeah. I mean, they have been editing it down quite a bit. They have, but it just, it feels like that's effective, like an effective way. Again, to catch everybody up without really many questions, because you, you can question how and all this kind of stuff, but you're not questioning what. You understand what is happening. I like it. Yeah. No, I think that's good. So that was definitely worth mentioning. Um, the other thing is about the final duel in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, so again, I think I'm just going to kind of read part of what Jason has here on makingstarwars.net. Um, it's kind of twofold. One thing is about the conversation that Ben has with his father. Um, he says, J- Jason says, after being defeated by Rey, Ben Solo has a vision of Han Solo, which we know. Um, the setup for the scene has changed a lot since he first reported on it in April, uh, but the contents are the same. The father he murdered appears to him, and Han uh, forgives Ben for his actions and encourages him to be the man he really is. Ben apparently starts to say, Dad, I love, and then kind of cuts off there, and then because Han cuts him off and says, I know which is pretty familiar, seems to be in character because he's done that before, just not with, not with Ben, but obviously that's going to... Well, I, I think it's, you know, in context, it's obviously going to go for uh, an emotional kind of heartstring pulling kind of thing in the context of the moment. Um, it is a little bit cheesy, but I feel like, for me, first time I'm watching it, it'll work. It's one of those things where my, you know, 10th viewing, I might, might be a little eye-rolling maybe, but... I think in a theater setting, I think it'll work. Um, so we have that, and then uh, when when the vision ends right after that, it says Kylo Ren is dead and Ben Solo has returned. So there we have that. And then after that, um, when uh, Sidious is trying to siphon the Force through Ray and Ben to rejuvenate himself, um, Ray and Ben fall to the ground after being drained. Jason said he's told that in the final version of the film, Ben realizes Ray has taught him the power of compassion, and Ben then uses the power Ray used to heal him um, to in turn heal her, to heal Ray. Um, and he does so knowing that Sidious will destroy him for it, uh, but that action will allow her to rise. So Ben heals Ray, and then Sidious pushes him into the abyss of Exegol for doing so. Um, and uh, it is during the time after Ben heals Ray that he, uh, Anakin, Luke, Yoda, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Ezra, and Leia all tell her to rise, and she does so. So, oh, and this is what we were just talking about, where she makes an X with the lightsaber to deflect Sidious's lightning blast, and the power is volleyed back to the Sith Lord, destroying him. So, um, what I think is really cool about this, this is a little bit of a deep reference, but... This kind of seems to be like a callback and a reference to Anakin and what he did with Padme because um, he was trying to save her. And uh, I'm doing my rewatch of the series right now. And he straight up says at one point, he says to her, like, love won't save you. Only my new powers can do that. So he goes to the dark side trying to uh, save her from dying and you know, in the process, she dies and he's on the dark side and then all goes bad. Um, so this is kind of the opposite to that, where this Ben, who's trying to be like a new Anakin, new Vader, um, instead learns compassion, which is a form of love. And, and he goes to that instead. And even though he dies in the process, he is successful in saving um, Ray and winning the day, so to speak. So to me, it's kind of like a mirror of Anakin, except that this time it went right. Right, and also it still goes. It goes that the Jedi didn't exactly know everything. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. You know, a little, he, little too rigid with the rules or whatever. Right. I mean, Luke chose not to fight, which is what you know, which which is what got him, which is what got Anakin to come back and throw the Emperor down, you know, the shaft. Right. You know, the love for his son, which is not supposed to have attachments. And this issue, same type of situation, you know, he finds love or compassion, you know, and, and helps defeat Palpatine. So, 
So I think it makes sense. I think it works. Um, I know some people are still a little disappointed with the whole uh, fact that he is tossed over the side and never to be seen again. (laughs) Honestly, though, like like full honesty, actual prediction, because the movie comes out next week. What do you think the chances are that he actually does survive this movie? Um, I think, it, I think, oh boy, I, 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 you can't just throw him, I, all I say is you can't just throw him down a well. You can't. You can't. Palpatine survived that. Darth Maul survived that. Throwing him down a well and ending it is just like, okay, come on. We just, we know two characters in, in these stories that have survived that very same thing. Well, here's the thing. I, that, I, that... I think you get some resolution. Here's the thing I will say about it. Um, in uh, one of the comics, if I remember correctly, I think wasn't he like thrown over or fell over the side of a cliff and he like stopped himself with the force just before he hit the ground and like lowered himself down? I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that was in one of the comics. So I've seen, um, you know, speculation that something like that might happen again, where he, you know, he just by being thrown over the side doesn't mean death. You know, something like that might be able to happen again. Um, the only thing about that is that his state before being thrown over has to be extremely weak. I mean, he literally just had the life sucked out of him. <laughs> and whatever he had left, he put into healing Ray. He has to have nothing left. It's almost like he might even be dying in the process of just giving his last bit to healing Ray. And then just being tossed over the side was more of a just ceremonious way to get him out of the scene. You know, what if, she, what if he's like attached to her now and he's like an annoying force ghost? <laughs> like, well, you, you, you know, you're familiar with the character Firestorm? No. So, two guys, they come together, they become Firestorm, and one, but the giant floating head of one of the guys is always talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it's like, it's like the one guy inhabits the body, and the other guy's always like, hey, why are you doing this? Do that. And so it's always kind of like two people in, in so imagine like because he, he gave her all her you know life back life force back, he's always there like a force ghost. It's like, what are you doing? Why are we at why are we at uh you know why are we at my my uh, uncle's old place? Who who's this new guy you're dating? I don't, I don't really like him. <laughs> he's always there giving advice. Because they well, do have that bond. They do. They do. And especially now that he's on the light side, I think it would even be stronger than it was before. Mm-hmm. Just chilling. Uh, well, you know, I, I do feel like the odds are, I'm sorry, I, I don't think he's going to make it out of this one. I will be very pleasantly surprised. Um, Again, pleasantly. I would like it if he has like a Dark Knight Rises kind of ending where it looks like he's thrown over the side and then... um one of the last things that you see in the movie is some reference to him, whether that's on Tatooine or whatever it is. Um, I think that would be cool, and I would be happy about that, but I don't expect that to happen. Uh, and I and I do think, for all intents and purposes, he is uh, dead at the end of this movie. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but that is what I'm expecting at this point. What would be better is if, like, she's at the end, and he's like, right. And she sees she's just stuck down at the bottom of the pit alive because <laughs> they have that, that bond. And he's like, and then, come out, and then she pulls him out because they can pull things out, you know? Right. Transports him halfway across the galaxy because that's what happens now. Right. That's it. There you go. He's back. I mean, as of right now, we don't know that it doesn't happen that way. Yeah. So, yay. <laughs> one more episode we have one more podcast episode of a pre the rise of skywalker podcast 2187 and then that's it there's only one more because after that guess what we'll have seen the rise of skywalker mm-hmm. it's coming in fast it really is like like this is a big deal we're, we're kind of used to it at this point just because there's been an, an, a little bit of an onslaught of star wars since 2015 when the force awakens came out um and we're used to this it's almost like become a, a tradition or for this time of year or two um but this is a big deal i don't want to lose sight of that because this is episode nine this is going to be the bookend and, and the capstone 
for decades of Star Wars as we know it, you know? It's a big deal, and it's one of those things where um, people who aren't born yet, again, down the road, are going to be wondering what it was like to see it in theaters. You know? This, this is... It's important. So kind of want to just keep that in mind as we go into this uh, final week and a half for the movie because we're not going to get this type of thing again. Uh, even if they do episodes 10, 11, 12 down the road, it's still going to be a different story then. Just like um, right now isn't quite like uh, when episode 3 was coming out. You know, it, it is different. But um, I don't know. I just want to... It's fun to put it in that context because we're, as a community, we are so involved with this as a part of our lives every day for the past four years, again, since The Force Awakens came out. And that's kind of crazy. We have three Star Wars movies in four years, being episodes seven, eight, and nine. Yep. And then, um, and then we're done. We 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 quit. Wait, no more podcasts after this. What are we gonna talk about? Oh, something. Good. No, no, no. You gotta have better grounds than the end of episode nine for a divorce, Mark. What are we going to talk about? We'll figure out something. Well, I mean, you know, you, you got Cassian. He's got a TV show coming out. We got Obi-Wan. He has a TV show coming out. We got other movies. that Just not True. episodes, but we got other movies. Yeah, like, we're not sure what. Got Mandalorian Season 2. Oh, that's coming out, too, though. You know you know within a good two, three months after uh, January, oh. February, March. I, th- I think by March we'll get some kind of announcement. Unlike Clone Wars. That's yes, a big that's one. that's true. That's true. That, I mean, that's only a couple months away. Again, this seems like so long, uh, especially since we've got so much happening between now and then. But we are, because that's February, right? I believe so. I think we're only like two months out from Clone Wars, guys. That's kind of cool, too. I wonder if we'll be getting any like trailers for it. So probably not until after the movie comes out, of course. Yeah, I think we'll start getting trailers for it once uh, the movie's out and we'll start getting. Uh, uh... Um, previews on Disney Plus for it, so that'll be good. And I also do want to give a quick plug to our Twitter account for anybody who's not following it yet. It is at Podcast287, and I'm not just saying that so you can find out when we have new episodes being released, but uh, there's some other cool stuff that's going up there. Like, I know, Mark, you do a lot of great stuff on there with, like, concept art and stuff like that. It's really I great do. to see I those do, I do, and if people want to actually start following and say, hey, where's my concept art? I'll give you some. Yeah, no, I'll it's really, like, I enjoy seeing what she posts on there. And, like, today I put up a couple things on there from, like, the the German version of the poster for The Rise of Skywalkers up there, which is pretty cool looking. Um, and a new um, um, version of it also that was put out on the Star Wars uh, social media today. I also put that out on, on the podcast one. So, again, you get some cool stuff. It's not just um, us talking about the, the podcast itself and stuff. It's just a good source for some pretty neat things. So if you want to follow that on Twitter, at Podcast287, we would appreciate it. Um, and as always, we love the feedback. Uh, it's it it's, keeps us going. I always appreciate it. And uh, I guess that's about it for today. So um, to wrap it up and to summarize, we've got a lot of good stuff happening right now. We have more Mandalorian coming out on Friday. We'll see if they explore more of the Boba Fett stuff. I'm waiting. I still want to see what happens to that uh, Super Battle Droid. Um, after he opens it up and sees young Mando there, there was that rumor about maybe Obi-Wan kind of saving the day. I want to see if that happens. And then we maybe have Boba Fett. I'm I'm looking forward to what happens next for that show. And then we have, um, I don't know, this, this Rise of Skywalker movie coming out next week. And then a lot of really cool stuff after that, but we're not even there yet. We just focus on these two big things first. So good stuff is coming down the pike. And Mark, we're going to be here for it. So stay tuned, and we'll be back next week for our final pre-The Rise of Skywalker episode. If you want to send us your thoughts on what you want in this movie, not not talking about the leaks, just what you want to feel from it, what you hope happens, um, some exchange or dialogue between characters, whatever it is, just just send us what you what you want for this movie for our final episode before we get to see it, and we'll have some fun with that. So everybody... Enjoy the next uh, episode of Mandalorian, and we'll be back next week to talk about it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything to add. I don't. I don't want to um, plow over you or anything, but sometimes I just get on a roll. That's and then... fine. <laughs>
It just it just comes out. The, the, the words flow from me. So um, <laughs> editing Tim here for just a minute. Uh, I find it really ironic that we began this episode talking about how much that we miss uh, just from recording Monday night to releasing uh, Tuesday. Uh, because the, the part of what we covered in this episode was about covering what we had missed over the, that time frame last week. And here we are again. So today is Tuesday. It's being the episode's about to be released in just a few moments. And we're in the same situation where a lot of really great stuff to be discussing has come out today uh, between further story details for episode nine, as well as the for your consideration soundtrack for the movie. So uh, we, we don't really have time to scramble another episode right now, but we uh, will be talking about that next time. Um, but just, I just, I couldn't believe it. Like, like what are the odds guys really like that? This happens again when I start this episode talking about it. And here we are the same situation again. It's just crazy. So please bear with us. We will get our thoughts out on those new updates in our next episode, and hopefully you enjoyed this one. Thank you.